I will enter his court with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Yes, he has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. This is the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. God is a good God. He is the giver of every good and perfect gift. 
come down from the Father of Light. We're going to ask the ushers to remove these ropes on these reserved sections here at this time. And we're also going to ask any faculty members of Christian Life College who are not with us on the platform to join us. We do want to welcome all of you today to the combined 1990 baccalaureate service. Christian Life College, and Stockton Christian School. And we are just delighted today to have all of you with us. We have a wonderful number of graduates. I believe Stockton Christian School had 20-some-odd graduates. And we have a total here today between our Associate of Arts degree and Bachelor of Arts degree of about 62 from Christian Life College. So we have a very fine number. Today we're going to just, it, it is a, sometimes we get into these services and we think in a little more formal way, but let's just allow the Spirit of God to have complete control here today. This is a commitment and a dedication and a consecration service for our graduates as they go forth into the work of the Lord. We're going to invite you now to remain standing uh, in honor of the graduates of Stockton Christian School and Christian Life College as they enter.
welcome you today. Y'all may be seated. Lead me, Lord, and I'll follow 
all stand together this morning. I want to be a witness that you can take what's wrong and make it right so Jesus shine down on me. While you're standing this morning, before we go to the Lord in prayer, I want to take a few moments and go through several of our activities that are coming up this week. Of course, we are a very, very busy church in regards to the numbers of activities that happen here in the month of May. I want to say to you Thursday evening, Thursday morning, pardon me, at 9 o'clock, Stockton Christian School is going to be having their awards rally. It's going to be a very special time uh, for their students. And so Thursday morning at 9 a.m. is going to be that awards rally for Stockton Christian School. Then also Thursday evening is the wonderful end-of-year banquet for Christian Life College. If you need uh, to receive some tickets for that, if you'll call the college office, it's Thursday evening. Then Friday evening here at 7 p.m. is the 
commencement exercises for Christian Life College. But Seagraves will be telling you more about that later on, I'm sure. Then I want to remind you that next Sunday, everybody say Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday is a very special time when we as a church pause and reflect on the fact that we are Pentecostals. And it's going to be a great, great time in the Lord. Our choir, our adult choir, is going to be presenting a special presentation this coming Sunday morning. So I want to urge you, next Sunday, coming up, Pentecost Sunday, mark it on your calendar. You want to be sure to be here, bring a friend, Brother Gunn and the choir. They've got something extremely special for us. Brother Vandergriff, you come right now, free port. All the brothers say two weeks. I want you to use your imagination right now, and I want you to look two weeks in the future to about this time on Sunday morning, and I want you to visualize a bunch of men who have been with Almighty God. I want you to see the glow that's on their face. I want you to see the fact that they've received from God, they've been uplifted and upbuilt in the Lord, and they're ready to take on the devil. I want you to visualize to see if your face is there or not. If your face is not there, today is the day to sign up. June 8th. 9th and 10th. Please be there. Thank you, Brother Vandergriff. It's going to be a very wonderful, very special time with Brother Lee Stone King. I want to urge every man today after this service is over, if you'll stop by and sign up. I want to also mention to you that in our B Sunday School session, we have been presenting the series, How to Keep Your Kids from Ever Using Drug. It's of primary importance to all of our parents, I'm sure. I want to urge you that series continues this Sunday afternoon at 4.30 in our B session. Then also, I want to say to you that we were church. Last week, we all made our commitments to prayer. How many made a commitment last week to a time of prayer? Would you lift your hand? Amen. Many, many of us, hundreds of us, made our, our commitments to prayer. And I want to urge you again, I remind you, tomorrow morning at 6, six o'clock, every morning, Monday through Friday at 6, there's corporate prayer here in the sanctuary in the morning. And then I say to you that Wednesday, we have chosen that day as a day of fasting and prayer during our Wednesday fasting and prayer, there'll be corporate prayer here at 6 o'clock in the morning, at 12 o'clock in the chapel, and then also corporate prayer again 6 o'clock in the evening before the Wednesday evening service. And so I urge many of you to come and let us pray together. And prayer is of paramount importance to us as a church, and we have made our commitments in that regard. While you're standing, we want to go to the Lord in prayer. Several things that we want to pray about. Uh, I want to urge you, let's remember to pray for Mike and Debbie Johnson, that family. They lost a member of their family this past week. Uh, we want to remember to hold them up in prayer. This morning as we pray, let's remember to continue praying for Brother Darrell Watts. Ask the Lord to continue to strengthen him. Each day he requires our prayers, and I believe it's our prayers that have kept him until this present day. We want to continue to pray for him. Also, we want to pray for his parents, Byford and Pearl. Ask the Lord to continue to strengthen them. We pray this morning for Brother Cates. Ask the Lord to continue to touch him. Brother Stevens, the auctioner baby, needs our continued prayers. Let's remember to pray for him. Then, especially this morning, let's remember to pray for Brother Lyle McDonald. He's facing open heart surgery this coming Wednesday. Let's ask the Lord to perform a miracle and to give him strength. Then, as we pray, we mentioned that Brother Cock, Brother Kilgore's son-in-law, is in desperate need of our prayers. And this morning... Houston, Texas, as we pray, there is a God that's able to reach forth and to touch that young man. 
And I'd like to invite our ministers to come stand down front. If you need prayer this morning, as we pray, if you'd make your way to one of these ministers, they'll lay hands upon you. The Bible says that the prayer of faith will save the sick. And if he has committed any sins, it will be forgiven him. And so I urge you this morning, if you need prayer, to come forward. Would you lift your hands with me this morning and let's go to the Lord in prayer. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we're able to ask or to see according to the power that worketh within us. I pray this morning, God, that you would reach forth, touch further Sister Johnson, we pray. Be with them, bring comfort. I pray for Daryl Watts this morning. Jesus, would you not strengthen him again today? Let him feel the powerful strength of the Holy Ghost. I pray for Byford and Pearl today. Stand by them, O oh God, in an hour of trial. If Jesus name, touch for the case today with a Stephen. I pray for Justin Oster this morning. Oh, by your power, let that child be totally healed. If Jesus name, I pray for loving God. Send your word this morning to Houston, Texas. Touch, oh God, Brother Daniel Cox. In the name of Jesus, we pray. If Jesus name, Jesus name.
God. Hallelujah. Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Let's worship God. Brother Renison's leading us in song. My heart was distressed. Need Jehovah's red brown. And oh, in the pit where my sins dragged me down. I cried to the Lord from the deep fiery clay. Who tenderly brought me out to gold and day. He brought me out of the fiery clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. And he puts a song in my soul. A song of praise. Hallelujah. And he placed me upon the strong rock by his side. My steps were established, and here I'll abide. No danger of falling, but here I remain. But stand by his grace until the crown I gain. He brought me out of the fiery clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay, and he puts a song Oh, the 
like the rock to stay. And he put a song in my soul. Father. Oh, God, you're great. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be thy holy name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a wonderful spirit that we feel in the house of God this morning. God is great. We'll ask our ushers to come at this time, if you would please. And we will honor the Lord with our stewardship this Sunday. And we would like to say to our uh, graduates that are here in this baccalaureate service, one service a year we uh, set aside, it is a dedicational service to our graduates. It's a commitment service. It's different than graduation considerably. The atmosphere is even different. And uh, it is here that there are some deep commitments. Not that you have not already made commitments, but this will be as a graduate, especially our fourth-year graduates. and our We have our high school graduates from Stockton Christian School to my right. And uh, in the front, we have our fourth-year graduates graduating with a Bachelor of Arts in Theology or Christian Ed, whatever it may be, four years. And then behind them in the blues, that's the blues back there, um, that is our graduates with an Associate of Arts degree, two years from Christian Life College. And so today, we and several of them are in the choir, and we are honored to set this day aside as a special service for those that have made an achievement, it's an accomplishment. It speaks of endurance. It speaks of faithfulness. It speaks, most of all, of solid commitment. But I can tell you, I taught our shepherds this morning on many are called, few are chosen. He calls us all, but to really be chosen, that's up to you. You make the commitment. It places you in the slot where you are chosen of God. So we are thankful for you. We're thankful for Stockton Christian Schools. We are thankful for Christian Life College. We see the future, bright, growing institutions, growing not only numerically, but spiritually, academically, and in all these areas, we strive to achieve. And uh, today, our special offering for this morning is for um, 
Christian Life College, their corral will be traveling, leaving immediately after graduation across the country, many um, states, different districts, almost two and a half weeks of travel, uh, touching many lives. Uh, this is a costly matter, and uh, each year we receive an offering. This would be our last opportunity to receive in the church service an offering for them before they would depart. I'd like to ask the church family, I'd like to ask everyone that's here to become a part of that ministry to send young people uh, across this nation to touch other lives and influence them to make a commitment also. The Bible says to bring all the tithe into the storehouse, and that will we do today in tithe and offering. Our Father, we give you honor and praise for the privilege of bringing to you, giving to you, God, we thank you for that honor, and we thank you for the high school that is represented here today, Stockton Christian School, Stockton Christian High, and for Christian Life College. We thank you for these young men and women that are graduating, for their achievements, for their accomplishments. We thank you for the tour group that will be going and representing us, and uh, we pray that you will meet every need today. We thank you for the privilege of bringing our tithe to you. And we pray for this congregation this morning in this building for any soul, any member of this body who is struggling with their finance. God, that you will meet their needs, supply it according to your riches and glory, and we will give you the honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If our brethren will uh, turn around, we will march and bring it to the Lord, and I ask you always do it cheerfully under the Lord, and there is a blessing in cheerful giving. Brother Innocent. In sin I wandered sore and sad with bleeding heart and aching Jesus came and he
Just before the choir sings, I would like to say that we know this is a holiday weekend and many people are out of town, but I am so glad you're here. I appreciate you being here for this very special service today. And our visitors, we looked out across this audience this morning and we see several uh, visitors, alumnus of the college that are here. Uh, Brother Gene Guerrero, former student body president from... Uh, uh, Rocky Mountain District, one of our pastors there. We're glad to have him this morning. Welcome, Brother Guerrero. God bless you. And also, Brother Kevin Siebel, one of our alumnus, graduates, and pastor from Illinois. We're glad to have him and his wife, family here this morning. Uh, Sister Cleveland is one of our alumnus. Uh, she taught at the Bible College. We're glad to have you, Sister. That is Sister Graves' mother. Uh, visiting with us from Arizona. All of our visitors, let's welcome them with a great round of applause this morning. Happy you're here. Take a moment, turn around, give somebody the smile, and welcome them here this morning, if you would, please. mentioned to you next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday and I don't know why it is but normally on Pentecost Sunday it just sort of slips through our hands like any other Sunday of course with us Pentecost is every Sunday can you say amen in fact Pentecost is every day in our lives because Pentecost is an experience hallelujah so but next Sunday being Pentecost Sunday we are putting a very special emphasis I would like to and tell every member of this congregation this morning and encourage you, you know, you wanted your neighbors and friends for a long time to know what it's all about. Bring them next Sunday, and they will find out. We're putting on uh, the adult choir. I asked them to do so, if they would, uh, on Pentecost Sunday, the Azusa Street mission and the activities of healings and miracles and it's the service you'd want to bring a neighbor, a friend, and let them have full exposure 
to what God can do. Don't forget it. That is next Sunday. God bless you. You may be seated. And uh, don't forget to be back tonight to a great service. At this time, our choir under the direction of Brother Goodine. God bless you.
Brother Haney mentioned that the graduates represent faithfulness this morning. And I believe if God taught us anything, he taught us faithfulness, consistency. And I appreciate his faithfulness to me. Through my questioning, through my lack of faith, he's been faithful to me. And I appreciate it so much. Uh, we've thought of several things as far as what to sing. And before we sing one more song, I would like to mention, Brother Haney mentioned to her this morning. And I would like to ask you to pray for us. We're covering a lot of miles, and you probably have seen this. Some of you may have seen this around the campus. It's been posted. But we're going from Oregon to Washington to Montana, South Dakota, Nebraska, Missouri, Cincinnati, Ohio, and Indiana, and Missouri again, Colorado, Idaho, and back to Nevada. And that's a lot of traveling, and that's all going to happen within two weeks' time. A lot of miles, and we would covet your prayers. I ask that you would pray with us. We're going to leave this coming Saturday right after graduation and be gone for two weeks and a day. And uh, we need your prayers, want your prayers. Last year, God did some tremendous things in the services. And, of course, we're going out to represent Christian Life College. But we have seen a lot of people get the Holy Ghost on these tours. We've seen a lot of people that have been backsliders come back to God on these tours. So our first objective is ministry and to go out there and touch the hearts and lives of those people. We'd encourage you to pray with us and for us. And graduates, this next song is dedicated to you. And there is a call that's already gone out. And there's a wide open field ready for laborers. And God help every one of us to find our place and then to be faithful in it. And it's such an encouragement to me when God put this song in my heart. It's like he helped me to understand that it's not just that our lives flop around without direction. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. And I believe that he has a place in the design for each and every one of us. And I can look back over my short life. I'm 36 years old, yet I've lived long enough to see God's plan and God's direction. And sometimes when I say, God, is this really in your plan? Is this really what you've done? Even sometimes when I blew it, I had a friend that used to say, in God's economy, nothing is wasted. Even though sometimes you may not have been faithful, there are ways that God can turn that around into something that will be for your good. Listen to the words of this song. They're his cry to you. There's a harvest field that is ready for labor. He has made a call. It's a call to one and all. There is much to do, but the laborers all.
would you stand and put your life into his hand as we sing the chorus?
his fourth year here and is going to be graduating Friday night. He's in this baccalaureate service. Well, Lauren Yaden, this is his uncle. And so I know that it's um, especially meaningful. I could say a lot of things about Brother Haskell Yaden. He was a dear friend of my father's. Brother Yaden, I, I remember hearing you speak on numbers of occasions, but especially one year when I was a young boy, you spoke at a general conference when we were in a crisis as a movement, 1958, Indianapolis, Indiana. I was one of the younger preachers just getting started sitting out there listening to this man. He, most of all, I could tell you this morning, he is a man of God. And he has helped to shape and mold this fellowship. As an institution, Stockton Christian High School, Christian Life College, we are honored to have this man come and pour his heart out to us. I would like for you to welcome the man of God this morning. Would you just really welcome Brother Yaden God bless. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brother Haney. And it's great to be part of this service this morning. Great to have The you. faculty, the graduates, and, uh, of course, the church and all of you. And uh, I don't know how you feel, but I feel in tune with what they just sang. Oh, that was beautiful. Yes. I count it a privilege and an honor to be asked to be with you this morning. And uh, to me, it's uh, important, of course, because of the things that are transpiring here, but most of all, because this is part of his plan. Yes, that is right. And uh, the longer I live, the more I see how important it is that we fulfill on earth that thing that God has purposed for us. And I believe we're in his program. Yeah. While you're standing this morning, I would like to read some scripture. And this is from uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, reading uh, from verse 11 down through verse 16. Paul had been telling Timothy about some things to stay away from, such as envy and strife and, and uh, jangling, you know, like we do sometimes. And then uh, the love of things of the world. But he said, But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Jesus Christ who witnessed a good confession before Pontius Pilate that you keep this commandment without Spot, blameless unto our, unto our Lord Jesus Christ's appearing. 
which he will manifest in his own time, he who is the blessed and only potentate, King of kings and Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen nor can see, to whom be honor and everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. As I have tried to open my heart to God since I have been asked to be in this service, I would like to title what I'm going to say to you this morning, The Testimony of Time. The Testimony of Time. Brother Haney mentioned our being here 30 years ago, and I would like to say his father was a dear friend of mine. We had many things in common. So good to see Sister Haney here today. And... uh, I have uh, wondered many times about a lot of things. But I am glad to say time does testify. And I recognize that sometimes if God Almighty has a test tube, it is time. It'll tell the truth. And sometimes it's hard to wait for. But it has a way of telling the truth. And I thought this morning, last night as Brother Lorne brought us by the campus here, and uh, I saw this beautiful facility and everybody. Uh, I think it's just great. And I said to myself, something was right 30 years ago. And time has testified to that fact. You believe that? I believe that. It's not an accident. It's not an accident. And... uh, there are some several things, and so I'm just going to go along and touch on what I feel this morning would be helpful to us. And I would like to say I appreciate my grandson and niece and all my relatives around here, whoever. You can't hardly go where there isn't some of them. And I'm not ashamed of them. Appreciate it. You know, there was a time when it looked like Jesus had failed. And if you go back to Jerusalem and see how things went, it didn't look too promising. The religious leaders of those days, because of envy, religious envy, made Calvary possible from their position. Peter, Judas betrayed him. Peter denied him. They all forsook him and fled, and they nailed him to a tree. Now, if that didn't look like defeat, I don't know what did. But I'm so glad today that I can testify he's alive. The resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead was the beginning of a new creation. Praise God. And so those that said, seal him tight and put the guards over his tomb lest the last heir should be worse than the first. I'm glad to tell them it is. Hallelujah. And to this modern day that says the church is not relevant and we're all out of touch with the times and so on, I'm glad to tell you that he's alive. Praise God. And the church is alive and well. Praise the Lord. I believe in his investments. I believe where God puts the emphasis is the right place. And it's great to know as we are gathered here this morning 
There are perhaps more people on this globe that's filled with the Holy Spirit than there's ever been in human history. So truth is alive. Praise God. And times have testified of that great truth. Praise the Lord. And I do thank God that His ways are right. You know, Jesus did a little different, I guess, than we would think He would. He did not write a book. He did not leave us anything in the material world. But I tell you what He did. I think He said it perhaps with a sigh in His spirit when He said, I have come to throw fire on the earth, and I wish it were already kindled. In other words, He said, it would be nice to have a spirit-filled disciple by my side, but I don't have. But He said, I have a plan. I have a, I have a suffering to go through with, something to be straightened until it be accomplished. I'll tell you what He did. He did something better than build temples of stone and brick and material things and structures. He put a fire on the inside of the hearts of men that would never be quenched. I say it would never be quenched. And I'm here to tell you tonight or this morning, the devil don't know how to put it out. Praise God. Truth is alive and well. Hallelujah. It's wonderful to know that not only men, but heaven and the whole creation bears witness to it. I love to read in uh, Revelation, the first chapter there, how the whole creation responds to Him who loved us, gave Himself for us, washed us from our sins in His own blood. Every created thing in the sea and so on. I believe the creation is responsive to the Creator. Praise God. And so he, he ascribes greatness and honor and glory. And just a lot of things I could say right here, but I'm just glad to tell you that as time goes by, it will still testify the truth of God's Word. Something I would like to say in behalf of the graduates and other young people here, <clears throat> there is a power, and I read it in this book, and uh, it can be part of your life if you will give yourself to the purpose of God. And that is the power of the pure. I read a definition of power some time ago, and I thought, well, that's, I like it. It fits what I believe. Power is the ability to fulfill purpose. The ability to fulfill purpose. Now, I'm here to say that the Holy Spirit living in the lives of God's people can give us a power of purity that the devil don't know how to stop. Even demonstrated in the Old Testament days, there were men who not only had experience, but had character, had knowledge, had disposition built into them that wouldn't bend or bow or sell because they had it inside of them that caused them to stand up straight. And if it's true in the Old Testament, how much more should it be in a day like this? I know there are principalities and powers, and uh, we hear a lot about a lot of things going on in the world, and I wouldn't try to enumerate them. But I can tell you one thing. I'm talking about something that's going to stand the test. I'm talking about somebody that's going to walk the world in white and live for God. And fulfill His will. And you don't have to be a genius. But you need to give yourself to a purpose and a cause that's greater than you are. 
put it in the right perspective. Remember this, if you, especially those of you who are planning to go into the ministry and become a servant of God, don't forget the word servant. And don't forget that you're called to give your life away. And Jesus taught us that's one of the highest principles of life, is to give it away. Live for a cause that's beyond yourself. Praise God. And it stands. I say it'll stand. Praise God. Proverbs says, Every word of God is pure. And uh, He is a refuge or a strength to them that put their trust in Him. That's one of the reasons why we have Bible colleges in places such as you have here to get this Word of God down into your heart. There is a saving power in the Word of the Lord when it's hidden in your heart. I was thinking this morning, you know, Jesus told us about the people who heard His Word. And He said uh, one was like a man who builds a house on the sand, the other builds it on the rock. Now, I suppose before the storm arrived, perhaps you couldn't have told the difference. <clears throat> but uh, it was the storm that told the difference as to who is who. And what did he say? The one who hears these sayings of mine and receives them and believes them. I'll show you who he's like. He digs down deep. It's not something that overtakes you in your sleep. You've got to have some want to in there and put something into it. He digs down deep and builds on the rock. I stood by the bedside of a dear friend and most of you, or many of you know Brother Orrin Gleason. He was our superintendent in the Oregon district. And Brother Jim Rome and I come to visit him while he was bedfast. And uh, one thing he said, give it all you've got while you're on stage because you never know when your act is up. And then he kind of raised up on his elbow and raised his hand. And he said, you know, the storm that beat upon the house that fell also beat upon the house that was on the rock, and it fell not. Praise God, I have the victory. Hallelujah. He died with that challenge. And I'm saying this to challenge those of you who are graduates and others who are preparing for avenues in life. We may not be able to tell as you march by which is which, but time will testify whether that word has been applied to your heart or not. It isn't those that hear it. It's the people that pick it up and apply it to the heart and believe it and let it become part of your life. There's power in the word of the Lord. Praise God. And it helps us in our walk with God. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. I just tell you, I, I feel that God is doing things by His Spirit in our hearts and in our midst that are meant for all ages. I mean, right on down the line. I sat on the platform years ago in Portland when I was pastor, and I just thought to myself, Lord, what will truth look like 20 years from now to all these young people? God gave me an answer. He said, My truth shall endure to all generations. You like it? I believe it. Praise the Lord. There is no way that we can pass on to you an unchanging structure. Everything that is human will change. But thank God, truth never changes. Truth is the eternal principle of right. And it's like God Himself. He doesn't have to change. Praise God. And we need to know Him and to know His purpose. Some time ago, I was asked to 
speak to the men of a church. In fact, I went there seven Wednesday nights just to teach the men of this church about how to be a Christian gentleman, a Christian gentleman. And one of the lessons that I gave, lesson number five, was what we become in the purpose of God. And here's just a little statement, the first statement I had in this lesson. The central issue of Christianity as set forth in the New Testament has more to say about development of Christian character and spiritual growth and maturity than it does about heaven and the sweet by and by. And if you don't believe that, open your Bible and see. Every epistle centers on the things that would complement the gospel, and would make the purpose of God important in our lives. I know as a young Christian, perhaps some of your first thoughts is what God can do for me. But somewhere down the line, you need to change the center, what I can become to God in His plan and in His purpose. And as you study that lesson, you will see that it is God's will and God's purpose that you become the habitation of God through the Spirit. You become the body of Christ. You take the place of the personal presence of Christ. That's the church. Now, did you notice that scripture that I read? It said of Jesus, who witnessed a good confession before Pontius Pilate. Did Jesus have anything to say? Perhaps what he didn't say was his greatest testimony. It's who he was, who he was. That's very important. Well, I thank God that Jesus took time when he called common men to be his disciples. He took time to communicate his mind, his spirit, and his attitude toward those men. He did it by teaching. He did it by example. Any man, someone has said, anyone who followed Jesus Christ for three and a half years could not truthfully be called an ignorant and an unlearned man. If he got anything across at all, and sometimes it looked like it hadn't been much accomplished. But what did Jesus say? He said, when the Holy Spirit comes, these things that I'll give you, he'll gather it up and begin to teach you with it. And you'll begin to understand, understand the purpose of God. <clears throat> and Jesus, I say, communicated his mind and his will and his spirit to his disciples. <clears throat> now, this, this is so very important. And it's, I think, important to notice this. You know, sometimes when we get going in for the work of the Lord, the first thing we want is power. Well, that's the last thing Jesus talked to them about. I say that's the last thing he said before he left. He talked to them about power. You don't have any need of power unless you have purpose. If you just want to rib up your motor, that'll be on your own. But if you want to get out here and let God use you and God work through you to accomplish his will and his purpose, then... He's there. I say he's there. Praise God. <clears throat> I've watched it through the years, and sometimes uh, it seems that people think, well, because, you know, we're getting old. I'm old enough to vote now, and a little over, considerable. But God is going to do a new thing. Never heard of it. No, I heard this back a number of years ago. And God's going to do a new thing. Well, let me tell you something. God will never do anything that contradicts what he's done in any generation. God is consistent with himself. He builds, he builds, he builds. I heard you talk about Azusa Street. You're going back to Azusa Street. Thank God for Azusa Street. 
But the real truth of this hour is we're living in a world that's far removed from that in some dimensions. Truth that was truth then is still truth now, and I think that's very important. We do have a truth to proclaim. I feel a sense of relief in this respect. We do not invent truth. We have no committees that invent truth. Truth is already there. We need to know it and proclaim it. We do not direct its path. We cannot set its limits. We cannot say, I have a truth. If you want to know, the whole world must come to me. I heard a preacher years ago say that if God spoke truth to the world, it would be through his voice. The problem is he died. I don't think God went off of the air. What am I saying? I'm saying love truth. Love truth for the sake of truth, not for the sake of argument, not for the sake of debate. There's something beautiful about truth. Now, I can tell you this. I told somebody the other day, this pastor uh, had uh, uh, several new families that come into his church in different backgrounds and so on. And I said in his class, uh, he had a special class for these people, and he taught on water baptism in the name of Jesus. And I told him afterward, he said, what do you think? I said, I thought you did a, a wonderful job. It was presented scripturally in the right attitude. And I said, one thing about it. He said, you think they'll receive it? I said, don't worry about that. People that are honest will love truth. If they don't, that's not your problem. But it is our problem and our, our, our privilege to proclaim it. There is an inheritance that we have that I think we need to respect and maintain. And you know as well as I do that we wouldn't be here today if there hadn't been somebody go before us. And that goes way back. I was studying recently about Tyndale, who printed the uh, Bible in the English language, and he had to smuggle them into England in those days, and so on. And for that, he was burned to the stake. Well, I'm glad he was there. I'm glad all that God has done through the ages. We actually are building on the foundation. I stepped out of my back door when I was living in St. Louis and heard the chimes on a, on a, from a church up the street pealing out that song, Faith of our fathers living still in spite of dungeon, fire, and sword. And I said, thank God for those who have gone before us, for the price that have been paid for the liberties that we enjoy. And so there is an inheritance, and I would say, especially to the younger people, don't despise your inheritance. Cherish truth. Cherish the fellowship of good, godly people that love God and love God's cause. That's not for sale at any price. What do you say? I say true. Praise the Lord. So we do have a truth to proclaim. It's no small task in these days in the church world and even as a minister to keep centered in Jesus Christ. There are so many voices and so many issues and people get caught up in these and they move away from the real center. Andrew Urshan told me, oh, at least 45 years ago, he said, preach Jesus. Preach Jesus. You'll always have a living subject. He said, the old holiness...